0: Welcome to Mind, Muscle, and Metabolism, the Jade Tita Podcast. Here you get the in-depth science and practical tools needed to change your body, optimize your health, and elevate your mindset. I'm Dr. Jade Tita, and here is what I want you to know. You are different. You are as unique on the inside chemically as you are on the outside physically. And those differences matter. They matter because there is only one rule to achieving optimal health fitness, and body change. That rule, do what works for you. My goal is to help you understand exactly how. I'm so excited you're here. Your transformation starts right now. Okay, everybody, welcome to the podcast, JAT, the podcast. Today, we are gonna be talking about different aspects of nutrition and the different elements that you should be aware of. There's a lot of confusion in nutrition over what we should be paying attention to. One of the biggest issues is this quality over quantity argument, right? So you have people on two sides of the issue, people that say calories are all that matter and that's all we ever need to pay attention to that 's a quantity argument, and then you have people to say no it 's the quality of foods uh, that we eat that matter most, and if we eat more quality foods, we will be able to um, you know have better health and lose fat. The truth of the matter is is that what we know conclusively from research is that quantity is hugely, hugely important. Now, it is debatable whether quality or quantity is important, but we do know this without a fact. We need to create calorie deficits in order to burn fat, and for most people, that is what's going to make them healthier because most people in the Western world are overly fat. So quantity becomes a really big issue here. However, quality can help us influence quantity, but not always. In other words, if you eat more foods rich in fiber and water and protein, which satiate you and reduce cravings, you can automatically create a calorie deficit, decrease quantity by looking after quality. And the truth is what I have found in my uh, clinical experience from working with thousands and thousands of people is that this varies. There are people who just do better counting calories, the math type of people. And then there are those who do better uh, just looking at quality. I would say that in my clinical experience, the more intuitive approach of quality tends to work better for most people. Um, But this is debatable. And by the way, when I talk about uh quantity and quality typically what i'm talking about with quantity is calories and volume right so we tend to eat the same amount of volume or weight of food every day and that volume can have more or less calories for example let's take a uh you know a cup of broccoli and a pat of butter right well a cup of broccoli has less calories than a pat of butter, yet the volume and the weight is hugely different. And so really what we want to look at with quantity is we kind of want to look at this volume calorie issue. We want foods that have a very high volume and weight without a whole lot of quantity of calories in there. And so this argument oftentimes goes into a thing where people say, well, Jade, isn't that a quality type of argument that you're talking about. And it could be. So foods with higher volume, lower calories, again, tend to be more high quality, you know, quote, foods, foods that are healthy, these foods that are rich in water, protein, and fiber. For example, uh, a cup of broccoli, a chicken breast, and, uh, you know, a glass of water, right, is probably going to be around, you know, it's definitely going to be well under 500 calories, whereas if you eat something along the lines of two slices of pizza, you are going to end up in a situation where you have well over 500 calories, probably closer to about 600 calories, and maybe the volume is the same, but we could probably argue that the chicken breast and the uh, broccoli, one to two, you know, we could even call it two cups of broccoli. That's going to be well under 500 calories and a lot more volume or slightly more volume. And so this quantity quality argument can get tricky here. But when we talk about quality, we're really talking about macronutrients, micronutrients, food texture, whether it's liquid, solid, viscous types of things, and flavors um, and I want to be aw- you to be aware of all of these aspects because if you are going to take a quality over quantity approach, what I oftentimes refer to as a hormonal approach, because when you adjust macronutrients, the amount of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and things like that, what you're really doing is you're adjusting hormonal inputs to the body. For example, if you eat uh, a carbohydrate like Rice Krispies, versus a protein source like whey protein, you're going to create very different signaling molecules. For example, with the Rice Krispies, you're going to raise insulin levels and raise blood glucose levels pretty high, right? If you eat the whey protein, you're going to raise insulin levels and raise amino acid levels, And high insulin with high amino acids is very different than high insulin with high glucose. This is going to create a different aspect here, not to mention that when you have more protein, you're releasing more GLP than GIP two hunger hormones. Versus if you're doing something like Rice Krispies, you're probably releasing more GIP versus GLP. In other words, without getting into all the biochemistry, you are going to be in a particular situation with the whey protein where you are pushing more hormonal signals that are reducing hunger, staving off cravings, balancing energy levels. Whereas if you do the Rice Krispies, you might not be pushing those same pathways to the same degree. I like to use the uh, sort of um, quantity quality argument here by comparing a Dunkin' Donuts cruller donut, a cake donut, and a chicken breast with the skin on. A chicken breast with the skin on has about 250 to 300 calories. That Dunkin' Donuts cake donut also has about 250 calories to 300 calories. So they're the same amount of calorie, but they differ differ in quality, quality of macronutrients. The chicken breast with the skin on has some fat in it. It's also very loaded with protein. The donut has a lot of fat in it and a lot of sugar. Now, if we each had nothing else to eat for the entire day and you could have either A, the donut, or B, the chicken breast, which of those would keep you full for longer? Which of those would stabilize energy better Which of those would do your body better? We would all agree, probably, that it's going to be the chicken breast with some individual variation. At the same time, let me ask you this. Do you think that you could eat five chicken breast or three chicken breast at a sitting? Maybe some people could. Most people would be excessively full if they did that. However, could you eat three to five donuts at a sitting? You probably could. So this is another issue of quality over quantity. Now, again, this is not saying one is better than the other because both are important, but what I'm doing here in this podcast is helping you to understand that you are going to want to, as you become a metabolic detective and try to find what works for you, you're going to want to explore which of these two elements is more important for you. Is it more of a quality issue? And if you eat more high-quality, quality foods you do much better and end up having a lower quantity diet or if you take a quantity first counting calories and things like that do you do better. Oftentimes people who just count calories find that they're so hungry at the end of the day or at the end of four days or five days that they end up binging like crazy and then their calorie levels for the week or the day actually are elevated over what they had anticipated. For example, maybe you start out the day and say, I'm going to count my calories and get 1,500 calories in the day, but by the end of the day you're so hungry you start to binge and as a result of that binge eating behavior you end up consuming 2,500 calories. Versus if you ate a high quality diet, maybe you came in at 2,000 calories. And so this is the issue that you want to sort of look at. The other thing is, is so that's the macro uh, issue. The micronutrients, we don't have a whole lot of studies on this. So I can tell you people say, oh, well, if you're having cravings, maybe you're craving magnesium and you need to eat a higher diet with more micronutrients and vitamins and things like that. And that argument is actually at this point in time, now I might be eating my words later, but it's a ridiculous argument because we don't have any indication that that's how our body works, that it starts craving, uh, you know, things like magnesium if it is depleted in magnesium. And oftentimes people will say this. My favorite example is people say, oh, you know, I crave chocolate all the time. And you've heard people say, oh, well, that's because cocoa is rich in magnesium. So you must be craving The magnesium in the cocoa. Let's increase your magnesium levels. Well, we don't crave chocolate because it's got magnesium in it. We crave chocolate because it's got sugar and fat in it, and those are highly palatable hedonistic foods. If we were really craving magnesium, and that's how it worked, then we'd probably be better off eating green foods, which are loaded with magnesium. Or why wouldn't we just be create, you know, craving? chalk or something if we were craving calcium or you know salts and things like that which have magnesium in them so that's not really how it works we don't know Uh, The effect of this, but we do know that in order for our metabolism to function efficiently over time, we do want to get the micronutrition in the vitamins and minerals and things like that. And one good example for that is alcoholics and people who drink a lot of alcohol and people who also eat a lot of refined foods, sugars, both alcohol and sugars do not have a whole lot of nutrients in them. However, they deplete the nutrients in the digestion and processing and assimilation and utilization of those energy sources. And so those diets can end up creating issues. You end up getting dental caries. You can end up having immune issues. You can end up having liver issues. They act as nutrient sinks. And you can see that the micronutrient issue, probably right now, we don't have much indication that it's helping us with weight loss, but we definitely know it's helping with health and functionality and probably things like energy and stuff like that. As far as textures go with quality, basically when we're looking at textures, we're looking at what textures fill us up and satisfy us. Well, liquid foods don't satisfy us as much as solid foods, and viscous liquids or creamy liquids um, that have a heaviness to them fill us up more than lighter liquids. And so what we're essentially wanting to do when we're looking at quality is we're wanting macronutrients that are rich in protein protein And fiber, which technically isn't a macronutrient because it falls under the carbohydrate rubric. But we want foods that are protein, fiber, and water rich. And we want to decrease either the fat or carbohydrates based on our individual reaction to those foods. And then we want foods to be rich in micronutrition. And we also want to pay attention to this texture issue. And one of the other things that I've been introducing many of you to is this idea of flavors. What we now know is that more bland type diets keep the reins pulled back on hunger and cravings. Diets that are more rich in flavors and, you know, really, you know, sort of uh, sweet and creamy and hedonistic and palatable. Things like potato chips and french fries and ice cream. These things are very difficult to stop eating once we start eating them. And they also cause us to want to eat more foods just like them at later meals. This is why sometimes a cheat meal can turn into a cheat week or a cheat weekend can turn into a cheat month because this highly palatable mechanistic priming of the brain for these flavors. And so eating more bland foods actually has been shown to decrease the amount of food we eat. Rice is a good example. Take plain white rice or a plain baked potato, eat that, and it will be very satiating and uh, not trigger, uh, you know, binge eating behavior. However, fry that potato in oil and put salt on it like a like a uh, French fry or potato chip, or take that rice and add cheese and butter to it and some salt, and now you're going to overeat that rice and accumulate, or those potatoes and accumulate a lot, a lot of calories. Uh, for some people, and there is some indication that these foods, things like plain white bland rice and plain white. Uh, bland potatoes are actually very satiating, and maybe the issue is that they are simply a palate for high salt and high amounts of fat, and that's why we tend to overeat them, and that's why they be- can become an issue. And so, this is what you want to think about quantity we're looking at calories and we're looking at volume of food, weight of food, uh, quality we're looking at macronutrients, micronutrients, textures, and flavors. When it comes to these, both of these, quantity and quality, what we want is we want foods to eat foods that fill us up fast, keep us full for long, stabilize energy, do not come along with a lot of calories. And this is going to be essentially this uh, you know, four S's that I talk about a lot, soups, salads, scrambles, and shakes, low starch and low fat, soups, salads, scrambles, and protein shakes. Eating 90% of our food in the form of these foods takes care of both the quantity and quality argument. And then we can begin to add back in certain elements like salt, sugar, fat, alcohol, starch to make our meals a little bit more enjoyable, paying attention to these texture issues and these flavor issues to keep us from overeating. And so when we think about the these different aspects of nutrition, we want to think about amount or quantity Of the food we eat and we want to think about the types or quality of the foods we eat and realize that these are both equally important anyone that says calories don't matter really doesn't have a whole lot of credibility and from my perspective Anyone who says, you know, that hormones don't matter or quality of food doesn't matter, they also don't have a whole lot of credibility. Anyone who's really paying attention and really a student of nutrition know that both matter and both matter a lot. But we also have to realize that calories, in the end, our main goal is to decrease our calorie intake and make that decreased calorie intake sustainable over the long run. And so, however, you do that is up to you. Do you want to take a quantity amount counting approach, or do you want to take a quality type approach? Now, there are some other issues here around food timing of food, order of food, and even the setting of where you're eating your food. And these things can also influence how much we eat and our metabolic processes. So let's talk about timing of food here for a minute. This has to do with circadian rhythms. This has to do with when we are most insulin sensitive and those kinds of things. So for example, after an overnight fast, you are far more insulin sensitive. After a workout, you are far more Insulin sensitive. Now, what does this mean? This means that after an overnight fast when you haven't eaten, or after a workout when you haven't eaten, or after a long walk or something like that, your body is far better able to handle food. When you eat that food, it will be more filling and those calories will be less likely to be stored as fat. However, if you have eaten all day long and now you're eating at the end of the day, after three meals and snacks and then dessert, now you're far more insulin resistant. You're far more likely, less likely to be satisfied by the same amount of food. And you're far more likely to store that food as fat. And so you want to sort of take this into account. And there is going to be variation for people. For example, my father, pretty much since I've known him. He's now 76. He's remained lean, functional, never had any issues, no heart attacks, nothing like that. He is very healthy, does have slightly high blood pressure, but never had any issues. 76, not on any medications either. And uh, he essentially has skipped breakfast pretty much since I can remember, has his first meal probably anywhere from depending 10 a.m. to probably two, but most of those meals happen at lunch. So he does, you know, and he's done this since I was young. So, you know, we all hear about intermittent fasting and things like that. My dad has just been doing this naturally, a cup of coffee in the morning. And so he times his food that way and it tends to work for him. His biggest meal is at night. He doesn't tend to want to eat in the morning. Uh, my mother is a little bit opposite. She likes to have her biggest meal around lunchtime and then likes to eat sparingly. At dinner, So you can see kind of the conflict growing up with this, you know, how they both did this kind of thing. And everyone's going to be different here. But this is where you want to sort of fool around. And we do have some, uh, you know, research here for people that, you know, individuals who are, you know, if you tend to be hungriest in the morning, but don't have a lot of hunger at night, maybe you want to front load your, your calories. If you're the reverse, maybe you want to backload your calories instead of listening to, hey, I should eat three square meals a day. No, maybe what you should do is eat one big meal and then two tiny little snacks. Maybe you have my dad has coffee and nothing for breakfast. And then a little bit of, you know, something, maybe a bite of something for lunch. And then he eats a big dinner. My mom has a tiny little breakfast, a very big lunch and almost nothing for dinner. And so you want to be able to look at this. This is a way for you to tell what should I be doing? Do I need to eat three meals a day that are the same size or can I front load or back load or mid load my calorie intake, my food intake? And I would say Again, with timing, you want to know when you should eat your meals. Uh, we do know through the research that the longer you can go without food, a healthy metabolism should be able to go four to six hours without eating and still feel functional. And so, it's a good indication that you have a inflexible metabolism. If you're having to eat, you're constantly hungry. That is a particular issue for some people. So, timing is an issue with food some people will do better on small frequent meals some people will do better better on fewer meals and you can space them out as you see fit and this concept is now referred to in the research as time restricted feeding meaning that we have certain windows that we can eat in some people like to have a narrow window where they eat all their meals in a four-hour time period so let's say they don't eat and they start eating at 4 o'clock 4 p.m in the evening and stop eating at 8 p.m. that's an eating window of four hours other people have a very large eating window from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night and some people are going to be in between so in addition to amount of food, type of food, you also can manipulate the timing of food. And then we also now know about the order of eating. Um, we have have a large amount of data on what we call preloads, which are foods that you can eat just prior to your meal, an hour maybe before, or 30 minutes before a meal to offset some of the calorie intake. The most popular preloads have been fiber supplements and protein supplements. So a whey protein powder, maybe 20 grams, 30 minutes before you have your dinner, that has about 100 calories in it. But as a result of maybe eating that 20 grams of whey protein, you end up eating 300 calories less than you normally would at your dinner. So now you have created a slight calorie deficit just from using a preload, right? And this is something that we can do. We also now know that front-loading your meals is also important. In other words, the order in which you eat your meals or the meal sequence, rather, in which you eat is important. There's been studies, one of my favorite studies on this was a study on diabetics who, I like studies on these types of people because they have inflexible dysfunctional metabolisms and This study used a very simple approach. It just took one group of these people and said, you know what, eat your meal normally, right? And the other group it said, we want you to eat your protein and your fiber and your fat stuff first and your starches second. And the people who had their protein and fibers first and their starch last at the meal. In other words, they would eat all if, – if, if, if there was a uh, plate of chicken breast and broccoli and rice, they would eat the chicken breast and broccoli before even touching their rice. And what happened was they had better blood sugar balance. They had more fat loss as compared to the group that was eating the exact same meal but just doing what we usually do, which is just sampling around the plate. And so the order in which you eat your meals also can be an important component to diet. And then the final aspect of this is setting. We all know that if you're in a restaurant with you know a bunch of people around you and it's loud and there's techno music on and stuff like that, you can You know, it can definitely increase how fast you eat and blunt some of the signals that tell you you are full. We also know that some people you eat with, the conversation is amazing and all of that. You end up eating less and other people you eat with, you end up eating more. Uh, We also now know through research that if things are served on a smaller plate versus a bigger plate, same portion served on a small plate versus a big plate, you will end up eating more food out of the big plate. If you're given a big plate and you're told to give yourself food, you'll fill the big plate up. Same with a small plate. So this makes sense, right? And, of course, smell also and marketing is actually one of my favorite things is marketing uh, does a lot with this. Uh, There was a study that basically had uh, a group of individuals come in and they basically had two different uh, milkshakes. One milkshake was – labeled as a high-calorie, decadent, 600-calorie chocolate shake. The other milkshake was labeled as a light uh, diet chocolate shake. And so these groups ate these different meals, and then they had their hunger hormone, ghrelin, measured to see the response. Well, it makes sense that a 600-decadent, calorie-dense protein shake or milkshake is going to blunt ghrelin more than the light shake and that's exactly what happened except for the fact that the shake was exactly the same the shake may have been labeled different but the macronutrient ratio and calorie intake in both shakes was the same and so what this showed us is that what people think about the foods that they're eating impact how they respond to those foods and so now you have way different ways to look at food you have several different uh Considerations: the amount of food, the type of food, the timing of food, the order of food, and the setting in which you eat those foods. And as you, as a metabolic detective, and you as someone who is wanting to, you know, sort of understand how you can find what works for you, you're going to want to experiment with all of these types of approaches. Are you going to take an, a quantity or calories first approach? Are you going to take a qualities first approach? Does manipulating the timing when you're eating your foods? morning versus night and the amount of time you eat your food, large windows of eating versus narrow windows of eating. Does the order matter for you? Does eating your protein and fat before you eat your starch make you eat less? Does a preload help? Can you manipulate the settings to create exactly what we want, a natural, low-calorie, nutrient-dense diet that satisfies you and does not make this hard. So hopefully that is helpful for you to understand the different aspects of nutrition. And I'm going to go ahead and stop there. I'll see you guys at the next podcast.